The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy. I'm joined, as always, by Topher. And as always, we're here to talk about a thing. What do we watch this week, buddy? We watched what I sure hope is the worst film I see in 2020. <laughs> we uh, we braved the cinemas. We did. To go and watch Bloodshot. We went together, but we kept our distance. <laughs> um, there Very few people. In the cinema for this one. I don't know how much that had to do with the current global pandemic and how much it had to do with the fact that no one has any interest in this film. (laughs) Well, I'm sure if you ask Paramount, they would blame um, the pandemic, but it's it's not a good movie, is it? And I can't say I've seen much interest around this movie either. It debuted at number three at the box office, a comic book film. Starring Vin Diesel, got beaten by Onward, which was in its second week. Yeah. And a movie called I Still Believe, which I've never heard of, and has a Metacritic rating of 37. Yes. (laughs) That beat Bloodshot at the US box office. Well, it was projected to do poorly. Like, it was projected to only gross around 10 million. It didn't even make that. It it did nine. (laughs) So, from its $45 million budget, which I actually have to say, that's lower than I thought, um, it, hasn't, it hasn't made half back yet. And I don't think this will make its money back. Word of mouth is not going to be strong. The screening we were in certainly didn't come under the avoid large crowds umbrella, <laughs> did it? No. There were, were there eight people in our cinema on opening night? Opening night. Yeah, we went opening night to like a, you know, a 7.30 p.m. session. You'd think that would be like your prime um, session. And I think eight sounds generous. I reckon there were six of us. I reckon there were four couples. And yes, I'm referring to us (laughs) that way. (laughs) Do you know what was nice, though, about the screening we went to was that we got a trailer for New Mutants, which then immediately was in the slate of films that were postponed and- you know, in this time of uncertainty, is there anything more normal, anything that makes you feel safer than New Mutants <laughs> getting being postponed? postponed? I know. I don't think that movie's ever going to get released. I remember seeing a trailer for it, I believe, in 2017. I don't, I don't think that movie exists. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yep. <laughs> There's a trailer which was like a, um, it was like a proof of concept, the trailer, yeah. but there's no movie. <laughs> oh. All right, shall we talk Bloodshot, though? Bloodshot is a 2020 American superhero film based on the Valiant Comics character of the same name. It's intended to be the first instalment in a series of films with a shared cinematic universe of Valiant Comics characters, directed by David S.F. Wilson in his feature directorial debut, never would have guessed, from a screenplay (laughs) by Jeff Wadlow. Jeff Wadlow, who, famous for Blumhouse pieces of shit, uh, he gave us uh, Fantasy Island. (laughs) Um... The film stars Vin Diesel, Elisa Gonzalez, Sam Hewen, Toby Kebbell, and Guy Pearce. And what is it about Toph? Not a lot. <laughs> um, a bit, a bit light on plot, we might say. Yeah, can I ask you something? And and maybe, maybe I was just too deep into my chock top at this point and missed something. 
Was there ever an explanation for the name Bloodshot? I was thinking that just today. I was like, my recollection is that the word Bloodshot is never said in the film. It's never referenced. Yeah, I have a feeling that maybe you heard it in the background when they were talking about the procedure he underwent, but I don't think it was ever actively said. I went back and watched a trailer today for God knows what reason, (laughs) and in the trailer there's a line that's not in the film where Guy Pearce says to Vin Diesel, we'll call you bloodshot, but that doesn't happen in the film, and even then there's no context to say why bloodshot. I don't, I just don't get it. He doesn't shoot blood at any point in the film. <laughs> I, I don't, under, I feel like I must have missed something. I got nothing for you. Well, I'm glad that you have nothing too. If, if the name of the film was not Bloodshot and I watched the film and someone then said to me, what does Bloodshot mean to you? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Not a thing. Speaking of the film. Do we have to? Like, honestly. <laughs> Like, haven't we spoken about it enough? I mean, this, this surely this has been like a 25-minute episode, hasn't it? I reckon we're about there. <laughs> no, all right. Let's talk the film. It is what we do. <laughs> so, you mentioned first-time director, and you mentioned you'd never guess. Interesting move to give, okay, by comic book film standards, $45 million, not a massive budget. Still a lot of money. And the director had previously, he did one of the episodes of Love, Death and Robots, the Netflix series. Oh, I haven't got to that yet, but that that is meant to be very good. But but it is an anthology, so who knows? That's Maybe right. Some It'd be the first good. episode, which I think people really like. It's not one of my favourite of the episodes, but like, it's it's pretty well done. It's I would say it's cooler than it is good. Yeah, okay, yeah. But wow, going from- from that, I don't know. I don't know how long it is. Let's say it's seven minutes. Going from that to have forty-five million dollars yeah. to launch to hopefully launch a franchise. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's ballsy, stupid, but ballsy. <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, clearly though, the franchise isn't going to happen. Let, like, let's just say that now. The franchise was to include a direct sequel to this, two films from another property. And then a culmination. None of these are happening. Let's just, like, the, clearly that- No, this is going the way of the dark universe. Absolutely it is. No, Which one- is to say, in the bin. Yeah, this movie has proved that it's got no interest to, you know, garner any kind of sequel or franchise or anything. On the direction itself, what did you think? Did Was it obvious to you that there was not a lot of experience there? After the film, when I found out that it was the director's debut, I- I so like I wasn't surprised. Mm. That, like there's several sequences where the way and this could just be the choices they made in the edit, or it could be we don't have the shots mm. to make this a really cohesive sequence. Yeah, because there's a bunch of this kind of, I mean, sort of Michael Bay esque of just cutting between close-ups and mid-shots with no context for what's yeah, going on. Yeah. And it's like, well, if we just throw enough stuff at the audience, it'll it'll come off as cool. Yeah. But forget the fact that we don't really know what's happening and nor do we care. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing. Vin Diesel is a hard sell as a leading man because there's not a lot of emotion there, is there? Like, 
Fast and Furious doesn't really ask a lot from him. And for the majority of the films, it's funny. He's been a lead player, but he's always he's played off someone like Paul Walker, who actually has a lot of charisma and charm to carry Vin Diesel through. And Vin Diesel's kind of the muscle. And then in later films, you've got so many other characters like The Rock popping up that Vin Diesel, he's kind of just there to be the the fun brawn. Yeah. And like, does Paul Walker actually have that much? Charm and charisma, or does it just seem like it when he's next to Vin Diesel? Well, that's a valid question, isn't it? <laughs> like Vin Diesel's career, let's be honest, peaked voicing the Iron Giant, yes. which was kind of the probably at his range. Yeah, well, and Groot, which is another one that doesn't really ask a lot in terms of performance, I think. Yeah, uh, Groot basic, like Groot is the Iron Giant. Yeah. Zero, zero vocab, falls back to earth, protecting people, <laughs> dies. It's a remake. <laughs> it basically is. <laughs> Um, you know, nothing in Fast and Furious asks you to believe, for example, that Vin Diesel is uh, very sad about his wife dying. And like, I find it extremely hard to care about Vin Diesel's character in this film because I feel like he doesn't care. No, you're not getting a lot from him, are you? Yeah. Like, I can tell and I buy that he's attracted to his wife. Um, you get that. When you when you cast an absolute stunner who's eighteen years younger <laughs> than the male, um, go Hollywood. I don't think there was a lot of acting required there for Vin to be like, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then of course he doesn't have to do anything when they when they do their six million dollar man sequence and yeah. rebuild him. I also agree with you that I didn't. I didn't um, like a lot of the cinematography and edit in the film. I think you're right. There were a lot of close-ups and, and mid-shots, and I had a big problem. I leaned over to you, oh, Jesus, halfway through the first scene, and this continued through the whole thing, and I said, this is the most over-color-graded thing I've ever seen in my life. Wasn't it just? It felt like this was someone's first time. Have you ever seen color graders? They've got the big board of all the wheels, and they kind of roll them around to get the color. Yeah, yeah. Felt like this was someone's first time in the room, and they were like, "Holy shit, let's spin all these wheels!" It was like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, because everything, particularly, it was really um, oversaturated and overexposed. Some scenes were really heavy on the on the warmth, and some were really cold. But there was no kind of artistic choice for that it wasn't like the really happy scenes were nice and warm and it was just kind of like hey this orange looks sick <laughs> like <laughs> again it's a really michael bay move it, it is yeah it is that and the that and sexy shots of cityscapes which apparently now equals action yeah yeah there was one sequence in the film that i actually enjoyed from start to finish and thought was kind of well realized the scene in the tunnel with the flower truck I actually kind of dug that whole sequence. That had promise and there's things about it that I think are good. I don't think beginning to end, it's good. I think the effects were ropey, but I think the visuals in terms of that was by far the nicest shot sequence in the film. And I think the editing, that was one of the few action sequences that, as you say, there are times where, you know, you get these cuts and there's no context for what's happening. I felt like that sequence had a nice flow and was easy to follow. The action was pretty good. And I think- I actually, the one thing I really liked about this movie was the twist because up to this point, I was like, this, there's no consistency here. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, the guy who was all like, you know, shooting his wife and being a dick at the start is now like wearing a sweater vest and not wanting to get out of the car. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is so inconsistent. And then right after that scene, you find out there's actually a reason for that inconsistency. And I was like, you know what? 
I actually quite enjoy that part of it. The problem is that from there, I kept waiting for the film to actually do something else, but it never did. That's it. It does successfully pull the rug out from under your feet. Yeah. Two problems with that is that you're not invested, so you don't actually care. Yeah. And also then, as you said, then nothing happens. Yeah. Not only does nothing happen, it kind of retrospectively makes things worse. Because when you find out that, okay, so the guy didn't really kill his wife. Vin is being used. He's being reprogrammed every night to kill a different guy. And in theory, you're like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. Until you go, hang on. They have this whole team of like enhanced humans with cool abilities that randomly come out of nowhere, like the guy who all of a sudden has fucking octopus arms for one Mm -hmm. scene. But it's like, but they're not, these people, their entire job is to act the same way every day to amp Vin up to kill someone. Like their whole job is just to wipe his memory every night and let him go kill someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose of the other people? That's it. What's their motivation? Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, Guy Pierce gave them new legs and shit. And they, what, their, their leap from that was awesome. I'll help you kill people that are your competitors? Like, fucking really? But he could, he could, if, if that was the leap, he could just ask Legless Dude to go kill someone. But instead, they go through all this rigmarole and trouble every day of reprogramming Vin and tricking him into killing them, thinking it's for revenge. Like, Legless goes toe to toe with presumably Bloodshot with, yes. his, with his Dr. Ock thing. Yes. So. Just get him to do it. Yeah, surely he could do it. Why is there this whole thing about tricking Vin into thinking he's getting revenge? I don't understand the plot. Like, I liked the twist until the end when you go, that just raised more questions than anything else. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting passionate here. (laughs) When Vin slash Bloodshot is discovering and, like, testing out the extent of his powers, as happens in every comic book origin story. Yeah. So sometimes it's kind of like, even in Shazam recently, like they at least did it in a in, in a fun way. It, like that movie, which I wasn't a massive fan of, but that movie knew what it was and it did that sequence in a fun way. Yeah, as it always does. This- like Spider-Man shooting cummies out of his wrist. You know, he's having a good time. It's fun. He's having fun, so we're having fun. That sequence in this film, just, just, Stunningly uninteresting. I mean, he goes into his hotel room and he lifts some weights. I can't even remember what else he does. But yeah, nothing of interest. He does. He punches he, a. Support. Oh, that's right. Yeah, to which I'm just sitting there going, "Mate, the, the building's going to fall down, your flog." Like what? Like what, of all the things here to punch, why are you punching something that is clearly for structural support, you animal? He gets asked what he wants to drink, and we're like, "Do you know nothing?" It's Vin Diesel. He yeah. can have anything he wants, <laughs> so long as it's a Corona. I don't think you're allowed to say that in today's climate. It was probably in the original script. <laughs> probably. They probably had to cut it out. <laughs> Let's talk about the rest of the supporting cast. Uh, I had no idea that Guy Pearce was going to pop up. I'm a big Guy Pearce fan. Because I, I hadn't seen a trailer for this film. had no idea that our man Guy was going to be there. Um, I, li- like you, big rap for Guy Pearce. And- like, mostly what Guy Pierce does is things that no one sees. And then, like, once every five years, he's like, oh, shit, I need a check. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. up he pops in, like, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Or this bag of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, I'm not going to. And, like, 
he's clearly the best performance in the film. Oh, yeah. And that's him probably going at, like, I, like he doesn't get out of second gear. No. He's he's inherently likeable. He's one of those, you and I were having this conversation recently, actually, with uh, our, our mate Sam from Movie Reviews in 20Qs. We were talking about Jack Black and how even though we don't necessarily like all the movies he's in, he will always be likeable to us because of high fidelity, just because we associate him and, and pretty much any character he does with that. Mm, that and the jackal. Yeah, Guy Pearce is the same to me. I'm always gonna like him. I just, I this is pulling back. Probably For no one a racist in LA Confidential. <laughs> no, no, probably no one will even remember this movie. I, I think of him from uh, Dating the Enemy, where him and Claudia Cavan swap bodies. Have you seen that? Get in touch if you've seen. Like, <laughs> do you think anyone listening has seen it? I, I highly doubt it. It is an Australian movie, so we might have some Aussies um, who have seen it. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out because I fucking love them. Have you seen it? Yeah. I, like, it was a long time ago. I, I mean, it was, we're talking, it. we're talking, what, mid-90s, 95, 96 maybe? Yeah, back when, back when, like, there, there was a hot minute there where mystical rom-coms were a thing. Yeah, it was like the whole Freaky Friday thing, but romantic instead of mum and daughter. <laughs> 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 Which I guess is romantic these days if you frequent certain sites on the internet. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I always associate him with that. So even if he's bad in something, I'll just be like, oh, guy, I like you. <laughs> Dating the enemy. Wow. That's that's what Guy Pierce is for you. That's where I Dating, go to. Wow. I, I would be hard-pressed to even think of another Guy Pierce role off the top of my head. I think I think LA Confidential is my, like, you, you know, in The Matrix where, ne- where Morpheus is explaining to Neo that when you go to this certain place, what you are is the, is your effectively- your projection of yourself. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think Ellie Confidential is probably my projection of Guy Pierce. Yeah. But yeah. Priscilla Queen of the Desert would certainly be up there. Yeah, yeah. Late, actually, late yeah. 90s. That's They're both great movies. Guy Pierce. Yeah. Um I also I quite liked Aza Gonzalez Reina. I mean I couldn't I couldn't tell you any of these characters' names. Like I mean even Bloodshot is that is that his name? I don't know his name. I don't know. The other guy was maybe Blade Runner. Yeah, maybe. I'll call this chick, I don't know, Funny Breath Girl. I don't know. Yeah. The Hot Girl. <laughs> yeah, The Hot Girl. I think she um, tried to bring more to her performance than just being hot. I mean, she is hot, but <laughs> but I, I actually quite liked her in the film. I, I'd say that apart from Guy Pierce, she was the performance I really liked. Yeah, Blade Runner was genuinely Quite bad. Yeah. So the funny thing about him is that I did not even recognize him, but he he probably even more than Vin is the pull for this movie. Did you know that? No. He, who is he? He's the Scottish bloke. Have you seen or heard of Outlander? Oh, that's um, time traveling Highlander. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is he? Is he the the? Is he Highlander? He is, yeah. Okay. He's the hot guy from the past that she just fucks relentlessly on a loop for five seasons. <laughs> like, honestly, uh, you you know me. I'm, I quite enjoy the show, but I, more than that, I've, I've read all the books. I like my historical romance fiction. And literally- I didn't realize it was based on an existing property. Oh, it is. There's, there's a series of eight books. Um, right. And I'm picturing the covers. The, like, they had to be- um, altered in the UK because they were too raunchy. There is so much sex. I listened to the audiobooks and I remember once having to turn it off while I was on the bus because I was like, I don't I don't feel like I should listen to this while there are other people present. Like I've got headphones on, but I still just feel kind of sick with myself. So That was your concern, not the awkward erection. <laughs> 
but moving right along. So he's kind of the pull because he's he's there to get the middle-aged women in to this movie. Uh, well, he was terrible. He was so bad. He was really, really bad. Is, is he good as New Highlander? He is. He is. And I don't know whether maybe that's because he's actually Scottish. So it must be hard to act when, you know, your brain is so preoccupied with doing an accent. Well, we did No Country for Old Men last week. Yeah. Oh, there are some people who can just pull it off. Kate Winslet. There are some people who I think can just really pull it off. I don't think this guy is one of them because you could kind of see that he was thinking the whole time and there's not a lot of thought in any of this movie. So the only thing I can think is that he was focusing so hard on trying not to sound Scottish. Do you know who does maybe the best Australian accent I've ever heard? Who? Because most are rubbish. Most are terrible. Helena Bottom Carter absolutely nails it. She was in this movie that seven people saw (laughs) like er early 2000s with Guy Pearce. Yeah, remind me of the name of that, because I did see that. Till Human Voices Wake Us. Yes, yes. Again, yeah, lots of little, sex in that movie. <laughs> this little indie trip out, which yes. is, is a cool film. It is, yeah. And if you saw Helena Bonham Carter in that movie and didn't know who it was, you would think it was an Australian. Yeah, you're right. Any other films we can talk about that aren't <laughs> bloodshot? <laughs> it is really hard to do the Australian accent. because also, most Guy is very good in that film. He is, yeah. Good, good in every film. It is um, hard to do the Australian accent. Yeah, they don't, they don't get the nuances of the yobbo. Yeah. Prime example, in fact, getting back to Bloodshot. Our main <laughs> villain for the first half. That's right. Old mate from Rock and Roller. I didn't realise he was supposed to be Australian until you leaned over to me and said, is he trying to do an Australian accent? I thought well, he I'm was Well, I'm still British. not sure if he was meant to be Australian. I feel like he was, because after you said that, I, I feel like he might have said some Aussie slang at one point, um, or maybe upped the ocker a little bit. Because up to that point where you said something, I thought he was doing a bad British accent. But he actually is British, isn't he? Yeah, he's English. It's just sheer coincidence that I watched Rock and Roller for the first time since it came out, like two weeks ago. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have recognised him. No, he's definitely just doing a terrible Aussie accent then, because I thought he was doing a terrible English accent, but he actually is English. So, yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. Why not just make everyone Australian then? Let Guy Pearce be Guy Pearce. (laughs) Why wasn't his film set in buttfuck nowhere? (laughs) There would have been so much more swearing. But snakes and spiders (laughs) that'll kill you. And that's what Bloodshot... Is fighting. In fact, that's how he gets his powers. He gets oh. bitten by a fucking Taipan. That copper killed me fucking wife. <laughs> I can just see Vin Diesel screaming that. <laughs> um, are there any accents you reckon you can do? No, I can't do any accents. Oh, so you're not as gifted with voice acting as I am. Then you you can't. I think you can't pull. No, off. I think I think I think we're equally gifted. Oh. Okay. There have been. There's been three times in my life where an English person has asked me what part of England I'm from. No, you know what it is? That's because you're fancy Australian. That you're a little bit you're a little bit more upper class than me. I feel like particularly when I listen to the show, I feel like I sound so bogan, which is crazy because I don't think I sound very ocker in person, but there are times when yeah, where I'm I might be editing the show or something and I'm like, "Jesus, Billy, did you go to school? <laughs> yeah. Whereas you, I feel like you do have a little bit more of a high class twang, which is where the Britishness comes out. <laughs> mm. All right. Let's get back to Bloodshot if we can. Do we have anything left to say on Bloodshot? Uh, I can say this, that the highlight, genuinely, the highlight of the film is probably a dick joke. 
Which joke? Which is- I think oh, probably yes. tells you all you need to know about it. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That hot girl says it to um, legless mate. Yeah. No, no, the the IT guy. Ah, the IT guy. That's right. Yes. I, I don't have. I have so little to say about this film other than, like, if you've seen this film, that's that's a shame. I feel bad for you. I mean, we're talking to very few people here, though. How many people do you think have seen this film? Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they were all in the cinema with us. Mm. Yeah, it started with eight. There were five walkouts. <laughs> yeah, I can't see this movie picking up at all. Given that it only did nine in its first weekend, I give it another two weeks um, cinema run. I mean, especially- But there's Sony- nothing coming out to knock it off. Well, but everything's closed. So, we can just sit there in cinemas playing to empty theatres. I do wonder if what's happening is going to- push more companies to embrace streaming releases. You know, at the moment is the kind of time in our lives where we need entertainment the most, especially the kind of entertainment that can be consumed at home. Yeah, but everyone's just watching Contagion on a loop, so it's fine. (laughs) I'm halfway through that right now. I'm watching it tonight. (laughs) I just had an urge for some strange reason. This film deserves to lose a lot of money and it has nothing to do with (laughs) COVID-19. All right, are we done with this movie? Sure. All right. How are you scoring it? I'm looking forward to next year's Oscars, at least, when this film makes an appearance, or at least the Valiant Cinematic Universe does as part of the In Memoriam montage. Um, pour a little out for this absolute bag of shit. Um, I'm going to stretch to a two out of ten. I am so pissed off at you right now. Maybe just for Guy Pierce. Let me tell you a little, a little story about when we left each other after date night. I got home. My other half is like most mostly asleep, but not quite. Yeah. And was like, how was it? I was like, it was fucking dreadful. And she goes, did Billy give it a seven? <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a seven. I'm 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 a three. <laughs> oh, three. But what I'm annoyed about is that you were trying to claim that this bag of shit is on par with Tommy Boy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it's on par. Was Tommy Boy a one? Oh, you are. Oh, now I'm really, really mad. If you said to me next week, we have to watch a movie, your choices are Tommy Boy or Bloodshot, I'd pick Bloodshot. You would not. You actually would not. I know you're I saying would. that and you like to make me mad because that's what, you know, cute couples do together. But, <laughs> but you, I would. You, I'd, I'd, get, I'd get back to the sexy cityscape aerial shots. You're ac- and you are actively lying. Dreadfully like edited that. action scenes and oversaturated. Over, over genuine comedy and genuine class. And very bad. What it, like you've got shots of the Amalfi Coast for fuck's sake? Like the thing you don't need to oversaturate it. It already looks fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck this film. Yeah, I know. Come on, drop your score, mate. Two out of ten. You're too high there. If I I'm lower than you, if I drop to a two, will you drop to a one? No, I'll just be happy that you've joined me here. Okay, you've convinced you've convinced me. It's a two. Good man. It's a two. I changed my score from last week's film. Did you? Yeah, upon reflection, I was sitting there and I was like, no, fuck it. No Country for Old Men's 10 out of 10. Ah, uh, yes, you did You did message me that. What are we going to do next week, buddy? We don't know. <laughs> we do know next week at least. I mean, things have changed, but we know what we do. Because, of course, next week was going to be Quiet Place 2. Then we had- That's right. We had a whole bunch of stuff on the schedule. Yes, it, it was going to be Quiet Place 2. Instead, it's one of the winners of a competition we ran. Uh, so we will be watching- uh, a film that I've not seen. Oh, haven't you? No. 
I have. Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory, which I remember being quite fun. I don't like Will Ferrell and I didn't like Napoleon Dynamite, so I am pumped. I don't like Will Ferrell either, but from memory, this has Jenna Fisher in it, who I absolutely love. So I'm looking forward to rewatching it because I haven't seen it since it came out. And I remember not hating it, even though I also don't like Will Ferrell. So I guess we'll see how we feel next week. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show and tell us what we're going to watch over the next few weeks, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And there's also heaps of bonus, not heaps, there's bonus episodes there. And we'll catch you next week. Uh, I'd say go watch a movie, but probably just watch one at home. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. You'll cut all that. This will be, I would suggest, the most heavily edited episode we've ever done. It's actually quite a long record. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the family show. <laughs> that was so bad. I, I love your mum. She's so sweet and she's so nice and she's so gentle. She just reminds me of Great British Bake Off. Like, I talk to your mum and I look at your mum and I just, I feel like I'm there under the tent in the English countryside having scones. Like, she's just so lovely. <laughs> what's, what's this episode on? <laughs> I think we were talking about, what f***ing about, what f***ing about?